Hi everyone, it's Fruitcake and Eggnog here to bring you a very special Christmas episode of Basic Snitches. Hi. I'm Fruitcake. And, of course. And she's Eggnog because she looked like an egg. Right. <laughs> That's really rude. Rude and true. I thought we were singing Christmas carols. No. I don't. I don't. Do you want to sing a Christmas carol? I would. I thought I we were singing Christmas carols, not reporting a podcast. What do you want to sing? We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> that was beautiful. I'm very beautiful. Anyway, why don't you tell the nice people why we're here today? Oh yes, we. This is a special episode, right? Yeah. Okay. So we had this idea. We we're gonna go back into our vault. Yes, we have a vault because we're all cool like that. It has like old episodes and secret shit and it's mostly filled with wine and bad decisions all the bad decisions <laughs> pulled out of that vault all of our chapter summaries from harry potter and the sorcerer slash philosopher's stone and wanted to make you a special christmas episode like real double christmas yes Yay. double christmas exists now keep in mind this past year we have really changed from our humble beginnings in our delivery and our humor and editing capabilities. So this is like in the raw. I don't think our humor has changed. I think we become filthier. Oh, mummy. We become a little bit bolder. At the beginning, we were a little bit Mildly. tame. I, you can't no. even call it tame. But okay, like, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, but. yeah. You can definitely tell like how we've progressed. So recognize how great we've become. <laughs> But also, like, great. the way that my editing style is, I edit the episode and then I throw away the original files. So I can't, like, edit out the music or anything. So, like, you're going to have to deal with Night on Bald Mountain with the volume up so high that you can barely hear us for several chapters. And then you can kind of see, oh, this is when they got smart and got rid of that shit and learned how to, like, <laughs> even it out. So these are straight out of the episode. The only thing I did was, like, fade in and fade out in some instances to, to make it smoother. But, yeah. So now you can like listen to the whole first book as told by us, which is fun. Which is an absolute Christmas treat. It is a gift <laughs> from us to you. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Yay. So without further ado, here you go, Beaches. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone as told by this bitch and me. It's the thought that counts. So be thankful, hoes. Bye. Merry Christmas. Chapter one of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone, The Boy Who Lives, and it is in bulleted form. We meet supernormal assholes named Vernon and Petunia Dursley. The Dursleys have a son named Dudley. They also have a secret. They are serial killers. Just kidding. Petunia's sister, Lily Potter, is a witch, and Lily's husband, James, is a wizard, and the Dursleys don't like magic shit. Today, the story starts, Vernon sees weird shit happening and becomes very disgruntled, like a whiny little bitch. He thinks the weird shit has to do with the Potters. This genius is correct. Anyway, he is afraid to tell Petunia and goes through the rest of the day pretending everything is normal. Meanwhile, there's a cat who reads maps who also happens to be a boss-ass witch named Professor McGonagall. Professor McG is waiting for the <laughs> ultimate badass magic maker, Albus Dumbledore, outside of the extremely normal number four private drive. Dumbledore tells McG that Lily and James Potter have been murdered by the dark wizard, Lord Voldemort, but their infant son, Harry, survives. Then a giant bitch <laughs> with a capital B. <laughs> 
named Hagrid comes in on a very inconspicuous flying motorcycle with an infant who is somehow sleeping through all of this. The g- term giant bitch made me think that Umbridge <laughs> is making a, like, I don't know, parents in the first chapter. <laughs> She's not here yet. Calm down. Hagrid is crying into his beard a lot. Dumbledore tells Hagrid and McGuh the baby dun 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 is Harry Potter. Oh no, I read that wrong. Fuck. Great. The dun-dun-dun caught me off guard. Dumbledore tells Hagrid and Mekiga, the baby, dun-dun-dun, Harry Potter is going to live with these dursley assholes. Mekiga and Hagrid protest, but this is Dumbledore's master plan. And let's be honest, Dumbledore is running the show. They leave baby Harry on the asshole's front step, because after all, this baby just somehow defeated Lord Voldy, and he don't need no adult supervision. We fast forward nine years and find that Harry is now grown and the bitches put him in the cupboard under the stairs. As in, this is where Harry primarily lives. It happens to be his cousin Dudley's birthday, who is apparently quite fluffy now. (laughs) He comes to talk about how he's fat. Fluffy Dudley is angry because he got only 36 birthday presents. But he eats a mountain of bacon, so everything is okay. (laughs) The bitches praise their fluffy mini-bitch for being so greedy. Now it's time to go to the zoo. Uh, Is that lonely? Wait, let me see. Lonely, right? Lovely. Oh, lovely. Because she's a cat lady. We're leaving this all in. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely Mrs. Fig broke her leg. And some bitch named Yvonne is in Majorca, so Harry has to go with them. And Fluffy Dudley's friend, Pierce, no, not Pierce Morgan, some other rancid dick named Pierce. But not before Aunt Petunia practically scalps Harry. Fucking Vernon complains some more and doesn't know what a dream is. Fluffy Duddykins has a tantrum about food. Finally, they make their way to the reptile house where Harry... Sorry. Something to the... Oh, Harry. Where are you? Here. Oh, what the fuck does that say? (laughs) Beelines. Oh, beelines. Harry beelines to the largest boa constrictor and starts something and... Oh, hissing. Duh, okay. And starts hissing and chattering to him like a good Slytherin. Ah, I'm I'm getting your joke. I'm sorry I ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Fluffy Duddykins interrupts their conversation like a bitch. And suddenly the glass for the snake enclosure vanishes. Okay, I get it. That's where the title of this chapter is. The Vanishing Glass. Anyway, the snake escapes, Harry gets in trouble, and Dick Hole Vernon asks for a large brandy, the only relatable thing he's ever done. Uncle Dickweed locks Harry in the cupboard till summer. Dudley breaks all his new shit because 11-year-old boys are destructive. Fluffykins, there we go. Oh, using his <laughs> real name. Fluffykins has a gang of other bullies that like to torture Harry because 11 year old boys are also assholes. Harry is looking forward to secondary school because 
Duddy. Duddy Fluff won't be there. <laughs> first, not what I thought that said. I'm fine. Floofy Tinky Dunners. Oh my god! <laughs> That's his new name. Fuck Fluffy Duddykins. Floofy Tinky Dunners. Floofy Tinky Dunners is going to Smeltings, which is a stupid name for a school. <laughs> Hang on. Before I continue, Tara was like, this one wasn't as good as my last one. Disagree. <laughs> Which, and the first one was good, too. They give sticks to children to hit each other with, because that sounds like a good idea. We meet Mrs. Fig, but it's boring because we learn nothing about her... Ca- <laughs> because we learn nothing about her cats. Which sucks. Harry gets the... Gets the meal? Harry? Meal? Harry gets the mail. That oh, that makes a lot of sense. Harry gets the mail because he's the slave boy, and surprise, there's a letter for him. But Vernon steals it before he can open it, and he won't let Harry have it back. Isn't it against the law to open someone else's mail? I wrote this down. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Pretending to be nice and also wanting to hide Harry from the letter writer, they give Harry an actual bedroom. Another letter comes for Harry, and another, and Uncle Vernon won't let Harry have them. More letters come, yes, more letters come in weird ways, like inside eggs and such, so that's weird. Harry and Vernon play a weird game, trying to outsmart each other to try to get the mail first. Vernon, frowny face, Harry, open mouth face. It's no. like no, po- it's Vernon one, Harry's oh. <laughs> I thought they were like faces. <laughs> like why well, you make like colon and then the parentheses frowny face. We just lost every person listening. <laughs> Holy shit! Vernon one, Harry zero. That makes sense. Unfortunately, not that it's unfortunate. It makes you know what I mean. Okay, um, way way more letters come. Vernon is cray cray. Mm-hmm. Finally. Vernon decides to hide the whole family. They drive to the middle of nowhere, then the middle of another nowhere, then to a crappy hotel. More letters come! Driving, driving, driving. Harry suddenly realizes it's the day before his birthday. Vernon drives to the sea. A creepy man takes them to a creepy shack. To a creepy shack. No letters here. Real frowny face. I'm certain that's a frowny face yes. this time. Harry counts down to his birthday alone. Boom. Boom indeed. Clap back. Very nice. That's how she ended her last one. Floofy Dinky Dutters is a dumb fuck. A large hairy creature breaks down the door. I didn't realize before this how much Hagrid's description sounds like a very large cousin it ha sorry i i keep ruining your jokes okay nope it's okay uh cousin it asks for a cup of tea but he never gets one rude vernon tries to be an hbic and he turns out to be one a huge butt in Confusion? Oh, a huge button confusion. Uh, I tried to come up with something better, but I couldn't come It's up. all good. Hagrid's coat is like Mary Poppins' bag. He got a whole bunch of shit in there. A cake, 
Some teacups, sausages, Sirius Black. What? The real. Oh, the real Mad Eye Moody, Dr. Trelawney's. Sobriety. <laughs> All these people we haven't talked about. Dr. Trelawney's. Dr. Are you called her Dr. Trelawney? Yeah, fine. Professor Trelawney. Well, uh, you she's a doctor Dr. Trelawney's sobriety. He also got a poker in there. Bitch, where you been keeping that poker? Hagrid learns that Harry knows nothing about the Wizarding World. And finally, the Dursleys get called out for trying to strike? Let, let, me, let me see. Trying to... Stifle. Stifle. I can't read. That's okay. Good. I write... Trying to stifle Harry's identity, but also destiny. Also, yes. <laughs> Hagrid smash. Oh... <laughs> nope, that's good. Hagrid smash. Oh. Oh, wait. That's already happened. Oh, because of the beginning of the chapter. Hagrid tells Harry he's a wizard, and he finally gets to read his letter. He got accepted to Hogwarts. Yes. Hagrid basically texts Dumbledore. I don't think I wrote yes. But I like it in there, so keep it. <laughs> Hagrid basically texts Dumbledore that he got Harry. Also, there was a live owl in his bottomless pit of a coat. Aunt Petunia knew it all along. She calls Lily a freak. She's just jelly. She can't transfigure a teacup into a rat. That sounds terrible. That's what it actually happened. Hagrid explains how the Potters really died and how Harry is famous and we learn who... He who must not be named is, you know, Velveeta. <laughs> Vernon is a, you know, what, who cares? Shut the fuck up, Vernon. <laughs> We've had enough of you. Hagrid is just the best. Dudley gets a pigtail, rightfully deserved. We learn that Hagrid was expelled from Hogwarts. Ooh, foreshadowing. Hagrid gets ready to take Carrie out of there. Woohoo! Good luck trying to find something sad about this chapter, Tara. Smiley face. Harry wakes up thinking he was dreaming because wizards and magic can't be real, obviously, but they are real. And an owl delivers a newspaper, and Harry and Hagrid eat cold sausage and steal the boat from the Dursleys. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a thought. Apparently Adam didn't read the chapter. It's not He's important now. <laughs> I actually did for once. Anyway. Hagrid takes Harry to Diagon Alley and talks about super magical stuff like goblins, dragons, and the Ministry of Magic on the way. But there goes the tea. Okay. I'm hang on. We're gonna have to start that one over. <laughs> Hagrid talks about a bunch of magical shit. But none of this matters because shit is about to get majorly magical. Okay, wait. <laughs> I need to go back again. Where were we? Hagrid takes Harry to Diagon Alley and talks about super magical stuff like goblins, dragons, and the Ministry of Magic on the way. But none of this matters because shit is about to get majorly magical because Hagrid takes Harry to a pub. <laughs> That's All awesome. the magic happens where there is alcohol. You are so correct. Okay, but the pub is really a gateway to the super magical and cool Diagon Alley. 
After Harry meets 479 people in a tiny pub, Hagrid taps some bricks and yay, Dagon Alley at last! She wrote it in caps and underlined it. Magic everywhere. Also underlined. <laughs> Harry looks like a tourist in Times Square for a while as they head to Gringotts for money. He sees owls and cauldrons and broomsticks. Oh my. They get to Gringotts. The goblins are kind of creepy. They go to Harry's vault. Surprise. You're a millionaire, Harry. <laughs> I'm a wall. <laughs> They also go to another vault with a boring package. Hagrid <laughs> hates Green God's cards. Now Harry has money and he goes to buy robes while Hagrid gets a drink. <laughs> Good old Hagrid. <laughs> Harry meets a stuck-up blonde asshole and learns that he knows zero about being a wizard, so that's cool. Hagrid buys Harry ice cream and an owl. <laughs> That's funny, but it is. <laughs> because he's amazing. He also buys him dinner later. Hagrid is the very best. Hagrid buys a wand from the creepy as fuck. Harry. It says Harry. Oh, what did I say? Hagrid? Yeah. Harry buys a wand from the creepy as fuck Ollivander. Then Hagrid and Harry talk about sad stuff before Harry goes home. Unlike the movie, Harry has to go back and live with the douchebags. But they scurred. Yeah, they are scurred at him. I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> Terrible. You just did. I just did. <laughs> Harry is lucky, and Vernon offers to take him to King's Cross Station. But oh wait, he's not a nice guy. Don't confuse this for being nice. He abandons him there. What a fuck. Luckily, we have a parade of gin- of gingers show up. Led by HBIC herself, Molly fucking Weasley, Yas Queen. It says Yas Quen. Oh, it does. <laughs> Yas Quen. Yas Quen. <laughs> the HBIC teaches Harry to enter the platform. He is recognized by the Weasleys by his scar. Ginny is sad she cannot meet Harry. Don't worry, Jin. <laughs> He'll become very acquainted with him in the future. Winky face. That was a winky face. <laughs> not a one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that other fuck up that I did. Whatever. Percy is a prefect and loves talking about it, apparently. Ron becomes Harry's compartment buddy and has some shit on his nose. It's... Ironic that he's got the brown nose and Hermione doesn't. Ha ha, get it. Sorry, Hermione. I still love you. I couldn't help myself. I am way jealous of the amount of trading cards available on chocolate in the chocolate frogs. Wizard candy sounds so much cooler than muggle candy. Yeah, it really does. Uh, the trolley lady is so underrated. Love that bitch. Same. God, Draco sucks. Also, <laughs> that's all he deserves. That's all we're gonna say about him. Sucks. Also, Scabbers is here, and man, do I want to hate Scabbers. But in this chapter, he's so relatable. All he does is sleep and bite people. He doesn't like, just like me. <laughs> 
They finally make it to Hogwarts and have their sweet ass boat ride. Uh, these chapters just keep on getting better and better. Oh yeah, McGonagall is back. Who's McGonagall? I know who McGill is. Don't, and that's my cool thing. I wrote a really great thing. Rude. She, she greets the students and leads them through the castle and explains each of the houses. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. While they wait to be sorted, random ghosts come through the wall, which basically just adds to the whole being in an unfamiliar place and also a huge-ass castle setting. They enter the Great Hall and listen to a, a hat sing a song, which is a little anticlimactic, but a clever song filled with rhymes and exposition and stuff. Some people are sorted to rate help. Nope. Some people are sorted to Raven... I did it again. Some people are sorted to Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Those are the words that you wrote, not Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Some people are sorted to Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, and after that, you never hear about those students ever again. <laughs> Harry's name is called. Everyone gets quiet as he is walking to the front to be sorted. Then he tells the hat what he wants, and poof, he is... He's in Gryffindor. Oh, so is Ron. Yeah, they don't mention Ron. At all. But we'll get there. Uh, food, yes, food appears out of nowhere because Magic and Dumbledore says some random words. Ron insults the Gryffindor ghost, Sir Nick, because he's an 11-year-old boy with no tact. We meet Dean, Seamus, and Neville, who are going to be Harry and Ron's roomies, and they all eat way too much Harry suddenly notices one of the teachers staring at him, and he finds out it's Professor Snape, who clearly does not like him for whatever reason. Then Dumbledore has a speech, housekeeping, absurd rules, questionable statements, boring remarks, well, <laughs> everyone sings the school song, which needs better lyrics than they, they had, oh, Everyone sings the school song, which needs better lyrics, then they head towards Gryffindor Tower for the night. Happy first day at Hogwarts! The first day of school, and Harry has to deal with the fucking paparazzi. Can we just talk about how you said the first day of school, and then Bailey, the dog, like, was like, Mow. Yeah, because school sucks, right, <laughs> she, she was like, oh man, the first day of School's school. School's dumb. Welcome to our first guest on the podcast. Yay, Bailey. Bailey the dog. Hi, sweetheart. Lay down. Please and thank you. Right, sorry. Okay, <laughs> let's see. The first day of school and Harry has to deal with the fucking paparazzi, which I tried to say wrong the last time. Paparazzi. Hogwarts is alive. Fuck peeves, man. I would say fuck filch too, but ew. Not that I would want to fuck peeves or anything. Wow. This joke backfired on me. Anyway, I love you. We, Bailey, Beach, we learn about classes and teachers, and it is fascinating. Astronomy and astrology is lit. Herbology is lit, and Sprout is not dumpy. Thank you. She is awesome. Very offended. <laughs> Charms is lit. Flitwick is a cutie patootie. I fucking love Flitwick. Uh, Transfiguration is fucking lit. History of Magic is boring af. Voldemort smells like garlic. Well, gross. Cousin It invites Harry to tea. And Mail of Hogwarts is lit. Hogwarts is lit. Everything about Hogwarts is lit. Potions, however, is not very lit. Come on, Snape. 
call him out on the first day when you're likely aware of what happened to him. Don't be a blast ended script. Class is also a disaster. Hagrid feeds Harry and Ron rocks. What the fuck, Hagrid? We end the chapter learning that someone broke into the Gringotts vault. Oh no! Harry is relieved that they only have one class with Slytherin, but guess what? Now they're going to have to learn to fly, and he's nervous to fly in front of Draco Malfoy, who is a self-proclaimed flying expert, in air quotes. Ron makes fun of soccer because he doesn't know what it is, which is really mean. Neville is afraid of flying because, well, he's Neville. And Hermione is trying to learn how to fly by reading books because Hermione. When they go to flying lessons, they meet Madame Hooch, who legit has the coolest job ever. Also, does she teach anything else? Or does she just teach first year flying lessons a couple weeks every year? Referee Quidditch matches and what? Just chill out in the grounds? Sounds like a pretty cushy job. The class gets ready to fly when Neville kicks off too early and ends up falling over 20 feet and breaking his wrists. For whatever reason, Madame Hooch does not do any kind of magic to prevent him from getting hurt, like maybe slowing down his fall or conjuring his mattress or something, but what do I know? Great point. She takes him to the hospital wing, leaving 19 other 11-year-olds out on the grounds with no chance whatsoever of any more of them getting injured. While she's gone, there is room for the plot of Harry and Draco hating each other to unfold. Draco takes Neville's Rerum Brawl, which he had forgotten earlier that day from his gran at Owlpost, and calls Neville a lump, which is rude. I put that in my as well. And takes off flying with it. He tells everyone he's going to throw it up the tree for Neville to find, and Harry goes after him, even though he has never flown before. To no one's surprise, Harry is very good at flying. After doing a crazy dive that probably would have gotten anyone else killed, in order to get the Remember All back from Malfoy, Harry is caught by McGuh and now thinks he's going to be expelled. But don't worry, because, well, Harry might not know this, but this book series is about him learning magic Hogwarts, so the chances of him being expelled are negative. Instead, we find out that McGuh really loves Quidditch. Instead of expelling him, she puts him on the house team. When Harry isn't expelled, Malfoy challenges him to a wizard duel and completely solidifies their rivalry. Ron tells him what it's about, and Hermione overhears and tells him not to go. Of course, he does not listen to her. When Harry and Ron go to meet Malfoy for the wizard's duel, Hermione tags along, and so does Neville, and of course everything goes as planned. Just kidding, it was to trap, and the four of them find themselves hiding from Filch and his bitch cat and barely getting away from them, only to meet a terrifying giant three-headed dog that absolutely is not dangerous at all. Somehow, they all manage to make it back to the common room, unharmed and without getting caught. Hermione voices her questionable priorities between death and being kicked out of school, and everyone goes to bed, probably to have nightmares. <laughs> also, this chapter literally all happened in one day, which is crazy. Ooh, okay. <laughs> wow, great start. Woo! <laughs> okay, well, that's what you were going for. Okay. Chapter 10, Halloween. Ooh, ooh, spooky kooky, megalamooky. Ding dang dookie. Ooh. Nice. If you know what that's from, bonus points, listeners. Congrats on your bonus points if you get them. Yes. The next day, after everyone meets Fluffy, no, not Dudley this time, 
They're at breakfast plotting revenge against Malfoy when some fucking owls knock over Harry's beloved bacon. But that's okay, since they're bringing him a broom that McGuck gave him tits. I'm sorry. I wish you could see her, like, her, her acting of this chapter. It was fucking phenomenal. Oh, that's the end of the chapter. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I had it I have, I have more Tony Award winning acting to bring you. It was amazing. Oh, no. Continue. I, I, that, that is a terrible I can't promise. help it. I have to. I have to. Okay. <laughs> Malfoy feels up Harry's broomstick without asking permission. Gross. But karma's a bitch because Harry's allowed to have it. Flitwick says so. Suck it, Malfoy. Speaking of feeling broomsticks, it's time for Harry to go play with wood. Or learn the basics of Quidditch, that is. We quickly learn that Quidditch is obviously the best sport ever. Wood shows Harry his balls, one of which broke someone's jaw at one point. Okay, it's just a bludger, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we also meet our namesake, the basic and golden Snitch. Yas! Harry. <laughs> Harry also starts to feel like Hogwarts is his home. Smiley face. Then again, if I woke up anywhere on Halloween with it smelling like baked pumpkins, I'd feel pretty at home too. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Hermione may be a brat thus far, but Ron needs to hold his temper. After all, Ron will soon learn that feather isn't the only thing that Hermione can make rise. Dick jokes, dick jokes, dick jokes. LOLOLOL. Zach Smith! <laughs> no one's gonna get that joke. Yes, they will. Yeah, they will. I have faith. <laughs> uh, Harry eats something called a jacket potato, which I learned courtesy of Google is British for baked potato. Jacket potato shall also henceforth. Wait, they couldn't hear it. I can't do this. Can you repeat yourself? <laughs> they, they didn't. They could understand you. I'm sure. Okay, we're gonna try again. <laughs> okay, Harry eats something called a jacket potato, which I learned. <laughs> Fuck you. Which I learned, courtesy of Google, is British for baked potato. <laughs> Jacket Potato shall henceforth be Tara's new nickname. You're a <laughs> I did not write that. I did not write that. All, all hail the mighty Jacket Potato. Ten points to, to Jacket. Ten points to what? <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> yes! Ten points to Slytherin. <laughs> Jacket potato! Okay. Then suddenly, Quirrell screams about a troll in the dungeon, which sounds like he has to take a huge shit, and all hell breaks loose. The boys remember Hermione, who fled to the ladies' room. They must go save her. They get to the girls' toilets when they smell something horrible. No, someone didn't forget to flush. It's... It's... Dolores Jane on bridge! Don't worry, though. They vanquished the beast. McGuh, Snape, and Quirrell show up, and McGuh is fucking pissed. But then Hermione redeems herself by taking the fault for the whole ordeal, and that is the start of the trio as we come to know it. But that still doesn't answer who let the troll in the dungeon. Dun dun dun! Harry's first Quidditch match approaches in early November, and of course it is Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Oliver tries to keep Harry a seeker a secret, but that doesn't work because teenagers don't keep secrets. 
Neither do half giants, but we'll get there. Hermione is now suddenly much more chill and also knows how to make blue fire, which sounds both awesome and a little scary. Snape gives Harry shit about reading a book outside because he sucks. Has someone checked this rule about library books not being allowed outside? Later, Harry goes to find Snape in the staff room to see if he can get his book back. But he sees Snape and Filch playing doctor, and now he can't unsee that terror. Oh my god, we're on the same page. Uh, Harry and Ron have decided that Snape is trying to sneak past the three-headed dog, and this discussion leads to a restless night before Harry's first Quidditch match. Everyone tries to mom Harry into eating breakfast before the match, which is sweet, but does not work. The whole school is made up of sports fans, and they all head down to the Quidditch pitch to wave banners and shout a lot. Yay, sports! Madam Hooch tells both teams to play fair, which we all know we will absolutely not happen. Lee Jordan gives non-biased commentary on the match, and we get <laughs> amazing banter between him and McGuff. Harry watches the match while circling above, searching for the snitch. Ron is a dick about soccer to Dean Thomas. The girls on the Gryffindor team are really fantastic BTW. Suddenly, Harry's broom starts to do a weird bucking thing, and he has to hold on tightly to not fall as it flies higher into the air. Quidditch is a nice safe sport, guys. Hermione looks over to Snape, and it seems like he is cursing the broom. She comes to the rescue and sets Snape on fire. <laughs> Nobody seems to notice her Gryffindor robes in enemy territory. Seems legit. The broom stops trying to kill Harry, and the next thing everyone knows, Harry manages to catch a snitch in his mouth. Gryffindor wins! Hagrid makes tea for the trio, and they learn that the three-headed dog is named Fluffy. Could you not have come up with something a little bit more original, Hagrid? They all discuss the possibility of Snape trying to kill Harry during the Quidditch match, and Hagrid fucks up by giving them all another piece of the puzzle behind what Fluffy is guarding. Secret keeping equals not Hagrid's strength. It's Christmas! That's how I wrote it. <laughs> What's better than normal Christmas? Christmas at Hogwarts! I mean, the Wizarding World is basically Christmas anyway, so it's basically double Christmas. We open with Draco being a bitter baby about a lost match literally weeks ago at this point, and okay. he's also incapable of jokes, so he pokes fun at Harry not being able to go home for Christmas. He's already at home, you fucking cock weasel. And he gets double Hogwarts Christmas, so keep being jealous and have fun with Lucius and Narcissa, I'm sure they're a riot and just full of holiday spirit. I hope you get that N64 you wanted. Oh wait, you can't even have that because they don't have major N64S or do magic. Magic, it says major. Oh shit, I meant magic. They don't have magic N64S or do they? I want a magic N64 for double Christmas. Anyways, Malfoy's a bitch, but we've, but we've been. But we've been new. Oh, but we've been new. That was a typo that was on purpose. <sighs> I'm not good at things like that. Okay, the staff is decorating the Great Hall for Christmas, and now I'm the jealous bitch. The trio drag Hagrid because they tell him to his face that they're now researching Nicholas Flamel after Hagrid spilled the flavored beans at the end of the last chapter. Wow, savage. It's pretty hard to do research on someone, too, when you don't have internet or literally any additional information other than a name, unless does the magical internet exist? I bet that point in time Wi-Fi was magical internet. Thus. Hogwarts had Wi-Fi, 
You heard it first here, kids. Hogwarts had Wi-Fi confirmed. Unfortunately, a freaking telescope was on the supply list, but Chromebooks weren't. So they have to resort to digging endlessly through the beautiful and magnificent yet endless library. Over the holiday, once the holidays really do begin, Ron and Harry basically get Hogwarts to themselves and we learn about wizard chess. What other enchanted games are there in the wizarding world? I bet Wizard Twister is wild. Christmas comes and Harry gets presents! He gets a flute from Hagrid and a 50 pence from some irrelevant fucks and a bunch of chocolate frogs from Hermione, a sweater and some fudge from Banff, H-B-I-C, herself, but no magical N64. Bummer. That's Molly Weasley. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but he does get a mysterious package from a secret admirer. Okay, no, it wasn't Dobby. It was from someone who received this from his father. I wonder who could it have been? Never mind, probably Dobby. An invisibility cloak. Fucking tits. You know what that means. Shenanigans! But not before Christmas dinner, which sounds amazeballs. The British food makes a cameo in this chapter, which is chipolatas. Basically, a lamb sausage. Not as good of a nickname for Tara. Now, if they were called Chipotas, <laughs> that would be a different story altogether. So long live Jacket Potato. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Other notables are that wizard holiday crackers sound sweet and I need some of them in my life. Dumbledore puts on a flowered bonnet, which is never explained. And Hagrid gets, a f gets fucking turned on wine, which makes him get the hots for Mika. We are all Hagrid. <laughs> Anyways, Christmas is lit, but now we have shenanigans to get to. Harry can't stop thinking about the note with the invisibility cloak, saying, use it well. It inspires him to go check out the restricted section in the library for Nicholas Flamel research. Of course, the first book that he picks up screams in his face, and Filch comes a, ho a hobbling, so Harry does an Irish goodbye. Filch alerts his lover Snape, but Harry still gets away, sneaking into an abandoned classroom. However, there's a beautiful mirror in there. Of course, we all know this to be the mirror of Erised. Erised spelled backwards is desire. This works for other things too. Adam spelled backwards is mad A. Tara spelled backwards is a rat. Okay, maybe not. But the inscription totally works. Is how not your face, but your, what? Oh, that's the actual inscription completely backwards. Oh, haha. <laughs> so the inscription backwards is is how not your face, but your heart's desire. Nice. Pretty cool. Harry looks in the mirror and gets wicked spooked because he sees a bunch of people standing behind him. But turning around, he starts to see similarities between him and the crowd. Noses, glasses, messy hair, and eyes, unless you're watching the movie, among other things. Of course, he realizes that these are his parents and, of course, other family members, but Harry desires most is his family. The next day, he tells Ron they must go back because he wants to see his family. Oh, honey, it's not the mirror of <laughs> family film backwards, which is... Feel <laughs> <Yo, I'm out. laughs> Ron thinks that it might be the mirror of... How fucking dare you? L... Oh, I need to look at it. Hang on. It's, it's dead people backwards. El Poidade. Yes, that. El Poidade. Mirror of El Poidade. But what's most important about the scene is that they mention bacon. Where it's the mirror of... No cub. I want that. That's the that's bacon spelled that's backwards. Bacon backwards. In case you didn't catch that. So they go find the mirror. Ron looks in and he sees himself as head boy, Quidditch captain, and having the house in Quidditch Cup. So alas, the mirror of Erised doesn't work on Ron because it's just a normal mirror. <laughs> the mirror of Yitnav. Vanity. 
The next day, he goes back a third time, and Dumbledore catches him and explains that it is indeed the Mirror of Desire. And he says that he can see himself in the mirror holding a pair of woolen socks. What are you going to do with those socks, Dumby? Harry ends his Christmas break with nightmares and a Hermione lecture only to jump back into Quidditch practice full-time. Oliver Wood announces to the Gryffindor team that their next match against Hufflepuff will be refereed by Snape, which sounds pretty terrible to everyone. Harry tells his posse, <laughs> posse about Snape and they try to figure out how to get Harry out of the match. Neville comes in after being bullied by Malfoy, and the trio cheer him up. And Harry remembers where he's heard of Nicholas Flamel, so now we've got that mystery solved. Hermione sasses the boys about reading, and we learn that Nicholas Flamel is a super old dude who created the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone. Ron makes old people jokes. The day of the match against Hufflepuff, Hermione and Ron prepare to fight Snape if he does anything suspicious towards Harry. Meanwhile, Oliver Wood does the classic I don't mean to pressure you speech while pressuring Harry to catch the snitch early. Malfoy tries to bully Ron and Neville and really is a little bitch, but Harry catches the snitch super quickly so Gryffindor wins and fuck you Malfoy. When Harry goes to put his broom away, he sees Snape being suspicious so he spies on him and surprise, more suspicious Snape stuff. He's being super mean to Professor Quirrell with vague threats and immediately Harry goes to tell Hermione and Ron. Obviously the three of them have now figured out this whole mystery, so how can there still be four chapters in this book? Exams are approaching. Well, not really. They're still two and a half months away, but Hermione is obsessing over studying so far ahead. Exams are important because they assure you get into the second year of school. That's it. Yeah, these aren't newts or owls or standardized tests that you take in fifth grade that determine your life path. Just the exams that get you into the second year of school. Anyway, they're in the library studying and Cousin It shows up. He's a little shifty, so he must also be searching for Nicholas Flamel information and must also be after the Sorcerer Philosopher's Stone too based on some of the logic we've seen recently. They actually start asking him questions about it in full volume in a library because they have tact. Hagrid says, STFU, come get tea, I might tell you if you're lucky, in so many words. Once he's gone, they just can't mind their own business, so they go check out what section he was in and find he was researching dragons. When they go to his hut, it's boiling hot and Hagrid is being super secretive, but then again, the trio start asking very specific questions about what else is guarding the stone. Are you serious? Shouldn't you be revising and color coding notes? Hermione persuades him a bit through flattery. Instead of magic school, she should be in law school or a used car salesman for his sake. Once they stop being nosy little pricks, they realize that there's a giant black egg that is on Hagrid's fire. And no, that's not a euphemism for something filthy. That really happened. Ron shows some sort of magical intelligence by being able to identify that it's a dragon egg. That or his short-term memory has improved and he remembered the conversation from the library. That all goes out the window when he says, wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life. You're 11, get fucked. <laughs> they get a note a few days later from Hagrid learning that the egg is hatching. They argue, they get likely overheard by Malfoy, but eventually show up just in time to see the egg hatch. The dragon, who is eventually named Norbert, is pretty cute. But then of course they see that Malfoy was peeking through the curtains. None of these kids mind their fucking business. Ron gets bit by the dragon. Expected. 
Expecting Malfoy to be seen next Tuesday, if you will, they devise a plan to send Norbert to Ron's brother Charlie, who trains dragons. Charlie responds and says they must be very careful since Norbert is illegal and that the dragon must be retrieved, so guess what that means? More shenanigans! Someone actually does something smart in this chapter and Ron goes to the hospital wing. Malfoy comes to torment him and takes a book that has Charlie's note in it. Of course. Nothing can be simple, can it? Norbert, meanwhile, is getting bigger and is having a tantrum. This is just fucking chaos. They put him in a crate with some rats and a teddy bear and some brandy because Norbert is also an alcoholic. But who can blame him after everything that happens in this chapter? Anyway, they take the crate to the top of the tower. They take Norbert away. Malfoy gets detention from McGuff because the cloak saves them. But oh, guess what? On the way down, they forgot to put the cloak back on and get caught by Filch. This chapter frustrates me. Things were not good. Not only were Harry and Hermione in deep trouble, but Neville gets caught up in their shenanigans again. Nice work, guys. McGuh is pissed and takes a fuck ton of points away from Gryffindor. So now everyone in Gryffindor is pissed at Harry, Hermione, and Neville. Harry vows to himself to stop meddling in other people's business, which we all know won't last. He tries to quit the Quidditch team, but is even unsuccessful in doing that. Then Harry overhears Quirrell talking to someone, and of course forgets his vow to not be a nosy little bitch. He tells Hermione and Ron he heard what sounded like Quirrell being threatened, and Ron wants to be a nosy bitch again, but Harry shuts him down. Harry, Hermione, Draco, and Neville go to their detentions after getting a creepy lecture from Filch. They get to hang out with Hagrid, which would be fun, except they get to go into the not-ominous-sounding Forbidden Forest to find an injured or dead unicorn. They split up another fantastic idea, Hagrid, Hermione, and Harry in one group, and Neville, Malfoy, and Fang in the other. They meet some centaurs, which is maybe cool, but those bitches are weirdos. Also, Mars is bright tonight. Then Malfoy scares Neville, did no one see this coming, and Hagrid changes the group around to put Harry and Draco together. Draco is a whiny little scaredy cat. He and Harry walk for a bit and then see the unicorn and it's dead. Three not smiley faces. Three sad faces. <laughs> then a creepy cloaked figure comes out of the shadows, spooky, and Fang and Draco run away as the figure goes toward Harry. But don't worry, he's saved by one of the centaurs, which pisses off the other centaurs. Harry learns that the creepy cloaked figure was probably Voldemort, and that it killed the unicorn because unicorn blood keeps you alive no matter what, and Hagrid and the others show up as the centaurs talk about reading planets and stuff. Harry and Hermione meet Ron after detention, and it is clear that they are all very close to being back on their bullshit, because also, the invisibility cloak has returned. Anxiety surrounding the exam is even more bountiful when there might be someone coming to kill you. But somehow Harry survives. The exams do seem pretty cool though. Making a pineapple tap dance? Fun! Where did Flitwick find so many pineapple sized tap shoes? Harry experiences an epiphany and realizes what we were all wondering a couple of chapters ago. How convenient is it that Norbert's egg showed up to Hagrid? They take a trip down to Hagrid in which he offers them a drink and Ron is ready to get turned when he reveals that he told the hooded figure who gave him the egg how to make Fluffy go to sleep. Hagrid! Hermione and Ron aren't as concerned about it. After all, it's safe as long as Dumbledore is there. Oh wait, Dumbledore isn't here? Well, shit. 
time to turn up the shenanigans. They decide to creep out that night and try to get the stone themselves rather than trusting the teachers. After all, as we find out in the next chapter, there's no possibility that the villain of this book could have gotten to the stone, but we can't just expect the book to end here, can we? On the way out, the trio runs into Mr. Jacket Potato himself, a.k.a. Neville, a.k.a. Terrace Husband, <laughs> who tries to stop them, but Hermione petrifies him while shouting, That's foreshadowing for book two. They make their way past Fluffy by playing music on the flute that Hagrid gave Harry for Christmas. It's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> You're reading it perfectly. Like, you know what I was getting at. I'm sorry. Continue. Took me a second. <laughs> they come across a variety of traps set by the faculty of Hogwarts, which actually shows how much the three have learned. Well, really, what Harry and Hermione have learned. Ron's good at chess. We knew this. Hermione helps them get past the Devil's Snare. Harry uses his secret skills to catch a rusty flying key to move them onto the chess game that Ron helps them win. Ron, though, is bitch slapped by a queen in the process. Unfortunately, it's not as much fun as watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Sad face. So, it's the end of the road for him in this adventure. Next, they encounter Dolores Jane on bridge again. Fortunately, she's been knocked out already by their predecessor. Then they approach a logic game in the form of potions, which Hermione easily helps with. Only Harry can move forward, so Hermione heads back to help Ron. The next and final room, Harry expects to fight Snape, but to his surprise, it's... Cliffhanger! Who could it be? Argus Filch, Vernon Dursley, Professor Trelawney's sobriety? Yeah, that's probably never going to get found. Stay tuned, or go back and listen to the last 15 episodes where we spoiled it already. Guess what? Harry was wrong about Snape. It was Quirrell. Also, Snape is a good guy. Except, yes, he does hate Harry, which Quirrell confirms. Just not enough to kill him. Quirrell uses magic to tie Harry up and then stares at the mirror of Erised and is trying to use it to get the stone. He explains to Harry how he became a follower of Voldemort, then tries again to use the mirror. It doesn't work, and a creepy voice tells him to use Harry. Harry tries to lie about what he sees in the mirror, which happens to be himself holding the stone. But he's a shitty liar, and the creepy voice, surprise, it's Voldy, himself, tells Quirrell he wants to talk to Harry. Apparently Quirrell is a two-faced bitch, and his other face is Voldemort. He rats Harry out to Quirrell and tells him that Harry has the Sorcerer's Stone in his pocket. Then Quirrell tries to kill Harry, but can't, and they struggle for a bit. Then the super climactic scene about a teacher attempting to murder a child comes to an end, and Harry wakes up in the hospital wing. Dumbledore is there just watching him sleep, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Harry has a lot of presents from people who hated him just a few days ago for losing house points. I guess you forgive a guy if he almost dies in a basement of your school fighting bad wizards. Harry and Dumbledore talk about Enflam and destroying the stone and how Voldemort used Quirrell. Then Harry asks questions that Dumbledore won't answer because he's Dumbledore and we all just get used to him not answering questions. Harry learns a little bit about why Snape hates him. Then Dumbledore totally takes some of Harry's birdie about beans without asking. Seriously, Dumby, it's polite to ask even if you know he'll say yes, and is rewarded for his thievery with earwax. At the end of the year feast, Dumbledore awards the house cup to Slytherin, but just kidding, no, he gives last minute points to our trio for kicking ass the obstacle course of magic hidden under the trap door. 
This ties them with Slytherin, but ties are not cool, so he gives another 10 points to Neville because he is the best! And also because he tried to stop the nosy bitches from going down the trap door in the first place. So Gryffindor wins, fuck yes, says Tara. Not me, the Slytherin. Now it's time to go home, which sucks. But you know what doesn't suck? This book, yay! Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone. And Harry lived somewhat content to know that he could threaten his cousin with magic, even though he wasn't actually allowed to do it while he was at Privet's Drive for the summer. The end. Yay! Hey, it's us again. I hope you enjoyed that and remember all the good times. <laughs> all the good times you've had the last several months listening to this beautiful podcast. Yeah, so remember when we said that you should be thankful earlier? Well, we just want to say that we're super thankful to all of you for listening to us and putting up with us and we're a lot. enjoying our podcast. Really, thank you. It's been a really fun year. When you are listening to this on Christmas Day or sometime after, we will have hit about the year mark that we started recording. Yeah. So it's really exciting to be currently halfway through book two mm-hmm. and seeing this out in the world and seeing our friends and listeners share with their friends. Yeah. And if you haven't shared it with your friends, you know, this Do is that. a good opportunity to be like, Merry Christmas. I didn't get you anything except these two idiots. <laughs> talking about harry potter and cats we talk about cats a lot cats wine theater harry potter theater dicks the basic snitches gift basket (laughs) (laughs) now available at dillard's at the makeup (laughs) counter when you buy i don't know okay or in any podcasting app you can find easier oh yeah that's right because dillard's does dillard still exist i think so well go up to your dillard's makeup counter and ask them about basic (laughs) snitches and see what they say and if they don't know what that is, tell them about our podcast. Yeah. Let's be honest. Maud, who like reeks of old lady perfume at the Dillard's makeup counter, doesn't know what the fuck a podcast is. But educate the elderly. That's Christmas. the Christmas gift you can That's give to right. the world after we have given you this beautiful gift. Right. <laughs> have a great Christmas. Don't kill your relatives. <laughs> and get wasted. Yes. Anyway, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. We'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled normal episode so don't think that you're going to get two special episodes two weeks in a row because it's the holidays yeah who cares about january yeah. first don't push your luck it's my sister's birthday oh <laughs> sorry tara's sister you don't get a special episode all right bye bye merry christmas Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers. And published by Tara Corkery via Podbean. And now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch Catch you later, later, snitches. snitches!